Well, hello and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. Clarity is our one-year experience here at Fellowship where we are just seeking to see Jesus more clearly. Uh, I'm Nick Rowland and I'm joined today by Mickey Rapier. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing well. You? Good. Doing great. It's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. So, uh, hey, can you just tell everybody like what it is you do here at Fellowship? Well, I tell you, my title is directional leader, but uh, function is a whole lot more uh, important than title. Yeah. And so uh, I do whatever the elders need me to do and uh, try to communicate all that to our congregational leaders and congregations. And so uh, that's what I do. Really, I'll do whatever it needs to be done. That's, uh, I think you and many leaders have modeled that for all of us. Do what needs to be done. I appreciate Thanks, that a lot. Man. So, hey, today we're, um, we're talking about a topic that as we've been going through this mini series on Acts and the church, uh, I've seen this phrase come up multiple times, and so many people were added to their number that day. And, and mm-hmm. that idea of adding people to the number of believers uh, points to what, what we at Fellowship believe is a core function of the church, the function of evangelism. And uh, I wanted to have you talk about it because I remember early on being on staff, somebody made the observation that among all the different roles that, that you've had and different things you've done, they notice one constant is they constantly hear stories about you talking with non-believers about the faith and mm-hmm. seeing people come to faith. And so I just wanted to ask you to sh- kind of coach us a little bit on that and maybe start with just the question, what is evangelism? Mm, yeah. Well, evangelism, uh, I think I'd have to go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, where Paul says, for what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance. Hmm. First importance. So this might be worth paying attention to. It's primary that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And so that's the gospel. Yeah, That's the good news that we have to share. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I came to Christ, uh, the first thing I thought about was all the people that I knew who didn't know Christ, yeah. or at least to my knowledge, mm-hmm. especially my grandfather. Yeah, I thought about him, and and I can remember early in my life when when I, I learned about heaven and hell, and and was experiencing my own Christian life that I wanted everybody to have that same assurance that I had, and I'd actually lie in bed at night and and weep hmm. for those who didn't know Christ, and so. Uh, I can only reach one person at a time. There's only one heart. And, uh, of course, when we're gathered together in large gatherings, I have the opportunity to do more than that. But I always admired uh, Dr. Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. you know, for his ability to reach the masses for Christ. And uh, But but evangelism, it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. For every believer, it should be a lifestyle that that we are sharing the good news that Paul talked about, that of primary importance. Yeah. Uh, it's an event, mm-hmm. and it's also a process. And so in, in light of that, we, we need to look at evangelism, or, or I should say explore mm-hmm. what evangelism is, because it's essential to the life of the believer. Okay, so I, I'm intrigued by that de- definition. It's a, it's a lifestyle, it's an event, and it's a process. So yep. those three words seem to, to say to me that it, it, there's not just one narrow box of how it happens. Could you unpack a little bit? Like, what, how does that work? Right, right. If I were to put it in a sentence, it would be, it is an event in the process of making disciples. Okay, yeah. And, and uh, then it should become a lifestyle for mm-hmm. every believer, you know? Yeah. And, and the first act of worship for every person is that, that moment of receiving Christ as Savior, because in that moment you realize that He is God, mm. 
and I'm nothing. That's the first act of worship. And uh, so it's a, then it becomes for us, if we're really serious, if we really believe what we've been taught, then it's a lifestyle of spreading that good news that God has provided a remedy for all mankind. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, there is a way for us to uh, go to heaven, to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, to not be trapped in our hopeless condition, and uh, not to be separated for eternity from God himself. Yeah. You know, when I think about this idea of, of telling lost people, people who don't yet know Christ, about, about the gospel, about the good news, um, I've heard people kind of advocate some pretty extreme differences. So I've hmm. seen some people that are like, almost don't say anything, let your lifestyle speak for itself, maybe on one extreme. And on the other extreme is a very aggressive kind of stand on the street corner and, and yell. Um, can you speak, I don't know, a little bit? To, I know I know. I have often found myself wrestling, like what is, what is the appropriate way to go about evangelism? How do we even wrestle with that? Right, right. Well, Gary Harrell would say this over and over and over again, and you could probably already quote <laughs> what I'm about to say. But the gospel travels the road of relationship. And uh, it's important to... I've been through evangelism explosion. Mm -hmm. I've been through all these different forms of... of Some of them guerrilla warfare evangelism, where you throw down to the two diagnostic questions. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're tools. It's how you approach it. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm on an airplane with someone and I can catch that person before they put their earbuds in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if I can catch them, it's just... Say, hey, who are you? Where are you from? And and then they'll ask me the same question. I can remember being on a plane with a guy in Colorado one time, uh, or flying to Colorado, and uh, he was from New York City. Mm-hmm. He was burned out. And I said, where are you going? He said, I don't know, man. He had his backpack with him, and he said, I'm just going to get off the plane and start walking toward the mountains. Wow. And uh, I, th- I thought that is, that is really neat. I, I admired him for it, but... Uh, then as we talked, he stopped me and he looked at me and he said, you have this peace about you. Mm. Open door. Yeah. It's an opportunity to tell him this peace that Christ has given me. And I was able to share the gospel with him. Mm. And uh, and I don't know where it went from there. Sure. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. I, I'm, I may just be one, one step in the process of God bringing him... But uh, I think it goes back to that traveling the road of relationships. If we just try to establish a relationship with someone where we feel like we have the freedom to say anything, yeah, and then we can tell them about Jesus and what he's done for us. What's so helpful about that story for me as I was listening, on the one hand, you weren't totally passive. It wasn't like you sat in the chair and opened your magazine and waited for him to start the conversation. But on the other hand, you weren't like, kicking doors down in an awkward way. You just mm-hmm. started a conversation and then you recognized he actually was inviting you to go further. Right. And so you were sensitive to what the Holy Spirit was doing in that conversation. You weren't pushing super aggressively, but you also weren't just saying, well, God, if you force me into it, I guess I'll go. Right. Right. No. If you kick the door down, uh, if you're too aggressive or if you are offensive, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a good place to start. No. Uh, but but most people uh, have different different reasons why they don't share the gospel. I think one of the one of the first ones is a fear of rejection. Yeah, that someone's going to shut you down and you're going to feel embarrassed, and so you don't say anything at all. But you have to remember somebody shared the gospel with you. Yeah, and you accepted. 
uh, you believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching, I'd heard about this uh, Netflix show, uh, The American Gospel. Okay, yeah. And uh, so I, I watched that. There's there's not a lot good on Netflix, but <laughs> but but I watched this particular program last, last night, and, and I love their boldness mm-hmm. in sharing the gospel. And I mentioned Billy Graham a minute ago. I can remember whenever he was interviewed, and Franklin does the same thing now, it doesn't matter what the question is. It can be about an earthquake somewhere. He brings it back to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's always talking about Jesus, and that's that's the central part of our message. And so, if if we're rejected, or we fear that people may think that we're fanatics, sure. And if I'm going to be a fanatic about something, I want it to be Jesus. Yeah, you know, that's we're talking eternity there. You can be fanatic about golf or, or football or, or whatever, but uh, Jesus should supersede all that for the Christian. And uh, uh, apathy is one of the most shameful things for us. Yeah. If we just don't care, then I would really question whether or not we know the Savior. Yeah. Uh, and then there are others. I, I, I'm not sure I have the gift of evangelism, so I'll let the person who has the gift of evangelism share. Well, that's not a good reason either because you have a story to tell. Yep. And the, the gospel in, in its most bare essence is telling them what Jesus has done for you. Mm-hmm. And that opens the door. If right. he's done something for you, then maybe he can do something for me. Yeah, and we know God is pursuing us, and and I could go through a lot of other uh, reasons that we give. You know, the concern about being politically correct and all all those things. But um, it all goes back to it's of primary importance for us to tell people about Jesus, both in the way we live and the words we say. That's helpful. And I think it's good to like, maybe just acknowledge those reasons and even do some little, it's an introspection. Like what stops me? Right. Um, I, I saw a quote the other day that, that was kind of poking at Christians a little bit from, from a Christian saying, we're not afraid to be controversial about our politics. We're not afraid to go out on social media and say something really electric or about our sports teams mm. and go out and pick a fight over our sports team. And yet we clam up sometimes when it comes to talking about our faith. And I think it's worth asking, what is it about our faith? And I think that's helpful to give some categories for even me to do. Like, what is it that makes me be slow to talk about Jesus? Right, right. So one thing that I think I know several of us have been, um, just in my circles, have been asking is in a, you know, given truth travels best the road of relationships, during COVID-19, we're in a season where relationships are hard. Yeah, it's hard to connect with people um, when when this pandemic has us shut down so much. Any tips on just what it looks like to be intentional with evangelism in this season we find ourselves in right now? Yeah, we've got cell phones. <laughs> yeah, good. We're on them all the time. Mm-hmm. We're texting people, and and uh, uh, we have relationships with people. And there, there are sometimes, uh, like I have, my phone number is one number off from a pharmacy. Huh. And I get a lot of phone calls from people who are calling the pharmacy. And uh, I'll have to tell them it's the wrong number and so forth. And sometimes they leave a message and I have to call them back. I said, hey, you left your prescription number with me, but I'm not a pharmacy. <laughs> I'm going to delete that message. And <laughs> But it's an open door Yeah, for me to say, how can I pray for you? Mm. They've already got my cell number. Yeah. You know, how, how can I pray for you? Is there something that that we can help you with that we could do? And, and so there are a myriad of ways yeah. that we can share the gospel. And, and to know that we don't have to be the one who closes the deal. Hmm. That I have lost friends 
that I pray someone will just cross their paths in another city and say something to them about Jesus just to make him an issue so that maybe they go home and they think, maybe I'll read the Bible tonight. Yeah. You know, it's it's being creative with it and and, and knowing the Holy Spirit uh, is driving this bus. Yeah. It's not us. No. Yeah, we're just a, a, a player hmm. in this. You know, you talk about not having to close the deal. I have a friend who he used to, to work with junior high students, and uh, he had this one student that was just the most difficult person. Pretty sure he wasn't a, wasn't a believer, and he just made life miserable in their small group. Right. Just always just really obnoxious, really difficult. And he said, honestly, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief when he moved on. <laughs> and he just felt like I, I'm never going to see any life change in this kid. He saw mm. him, I think, 10 years later, and he said, hey, I went off to college and got into a really dark place. Mm. And I remembered conversations that we had in that junior high small group when wow. I trusted yeah. Jesus. Like a decade later, and, and he, he had no idea that some of those seeds he planted in an obnoxious junior high kid that didn't seem like he was listening to a word he was saying. Yeah. A decade later came back and, and, and that kid came face. So that's a good reminder. Even what looks like a rejection at the moment, we have no idea where that's going to uh, yeah. go down the road. I, I remember one of those where... Uh, I was invited to come and teach a Sunday school class uh, back when I was doing youth ministry early in my ministry. And, and uh, I walked in and I didn't feel like I connected with anybody. I, I almost decided to get out of ministry totally at the time. Yeah. I was just doing part-time work, but I thought, I can't talk. I can't do all this. And uh, almost 20 years later, I got a letter from a guy who said he accepted Christ that morning. And he told me the very illustration wow. that I used that got his attention. And so we never know how God's going to use it. We just have to be faithful yeah. to, to open our mouths. Hmm. You know, I, when Jesus healed the paralytic, one of my favorite statements in that story is that when Jesus told him to get up, he got up. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of us, just get up. Just get up. Just say something hmm. and, and let the Lord take it from there. I really love that word, faithful. Yeah. We, we're not responsible for results. No, the Holy Spirit takes care of results. We're responsible for our faithfulness. Absolutely. Well, that's a good challenge for us, and uh, we pray that the people of fellowship, us included, will be faithful to share Absolutely. the good news. God help us. And don't forget to pray Yes. before we go into those situations. God, give me the words. And if even if it's just throwing up an arrow prayer, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yes, I've done plenty of those. Yeah. Hey, in light of that, would you pray for the people of fellowship this I week? I will. Oh, God, uh, as I look toward the Clarity Series this week and, and the teaching that we have in Acts chapter 5, oh, Lord, I, I just I, I think about that passage and how faithful your apostles were to follow what you had called them to do. That, that they were faithful, Lord, in sharing the gospel to the point of giving their lives for the cause. And so may we be faithful as well, Lord. And the chief priests were upset because they were filling all Jerusalem with teachings about you. And Lord, may we as a church fill all of Northwest Arkansas with the gospel to make you an issue for people to consider because we know, Lord, you are the fountain of life. Not only do you want us to have abundant life here, uh, abundant life in heaven, but also abundant life here below. 
And so thank you for that promise. Thank you for allowing us to participate in your grand story. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And thanks for listening to the Clarity Podcast. Have a great week.